Hey, it's Jeff. Welcome back to Fitness Minus the BS. Uh, I have a cool topic today. First, uh, I just wanted to say that we had our, our first seminar of the year this last weekend, and it was amazing. Uh, I think we had eight people all together. We went over some, uh, some lower body lifting, some squats, some deadlifts, some uh, lunges and RDLs, and um, I just think we had, we had a, uh, a great seminar. I think no matter what level people were at, they walked away with some useful information, and uh, I will let you guys know when we gonna, we're going to do the next one um, either the end of March or beginning of April. But anyways, today I want to talk about uh, expectations. And more importantly than that, I want to talk about setting realistic expectations because as a coach who's been doing this for a really long time, I, I think that is the root of a lot of issues that come up with people that have different goals. And today I, I really only want to talk about two different things because those are the two things that I, I think I'm, I'm probably the most qualified to talk about. But those are realistic expectations as it pertains to uh, dieting and uh, more specifically than that, uh, fat loss. And the other one is training. And, you know, if you want to break the training down, you know, that, that can kind of go into two different categories of, uh, I would say, building muscle and getting stronger. So uh, the first one that I want to kind of talk about is the dieting expectations and, you know, I don't know that any that many people really give this the kind of thought that it deserves because whenever you start a task, I think setting up an expectation is important because if you don't, then you're never going to be happy, right? So for example, if you set out on a mission to lose 50 pounds, right? And that's really as far as you've gone right there. Your, your only expectation is to lose 50 pounds. Well. If you don't lose 50 pounds in your first week, right? I think most people understand that that's not possible, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this, right? So you already didn't lose 50 pounds in your first week, so we're gonna have to do this again. But let's break that down even farther. So how much is enough? And that's a very real question because I don't know the answer to it. When, when we don't set up expectations, I feel like it doesn't matter how much people lose in you know that first week. Um, they're almost always disappointed. If they're not disappointed that first week, then they will be soon because it's not going, you know, you can have big, big drops in that first week. Anytime people are getting their nutrition together, you can have drops because of water loss uh, or any number of reasons that, you know, we, we get a big drop. But then all of a sudden the next week, it's, it doesn't match that. And instead of that big, you know, five, six, seven pound drop, we're down to three pounds. And then maybe even down to two pounds. And then, oh shit, we came to a week where we didn't lose anything. And one of the things that I do as a coach for people is I set these expectations ahead of time so that when we do get to those points, people are, are prepared for them mentally. Because more often than not, the reason that people don't get where they want is mental, more mental than physical. Once I get somebody to the point where they're, they're actually exercising and they're actually willing to follow a diet, the only reason that they stop or that they don't get there is typically between their ears. So dieting, let's talk about some realistic expectations. You know, how fast? Well, what I tell all of my clients that I work with is that we can expect or we can shoot for up to about 1% of our body weight per week, all right, per week. What does that mean? That means if you weigh 150 pounds, we're looking at about a pound and a half a week. And I know that doesn't sound awesome. However, I know from personal experience and from working with the people that I have, if you go much faster than that, 
we're, we're risking a higher rate of muscle loss and we're creating a deficit that is, that is so big that we are just asking for rebound at the end. Uh, or regain is another way of phrasing that. And any of you that have done those silly ass six week challenges that I that I always talk so much shit about, you guys know that's what happens. You get to the end of that six week challenge where you you know you you tried to you lose some crazy amount of weight, you know, twenty pounds or whatever. And what happens? Well, the the you know there are a select few that are able to keep that off, and that's awesome because they are definitely in the minority. But a majority of people put on some or all of the weight that they just took off, right? So we gotta set up some realistic expectations. So the 1% is a good thing to shoot for. Does that mean that every single week without fail, the scale is going to tell you that you're down that 1%? Nope. And in fact, I can tell you from experience that that's not what happens. And one of the hardest things to do with people is explain to them why, like, hey, I know everything was going great for the last two or three weeks in a row, we were down like clockwork and you didn't change anything. So why is the scale not down again? And the list of reasons for that could is enormous. I don't even want to, I don't even want to mess with that. But all that means is that for some reason we had some kind of water fluctuation and the scale didn't want to play along. So what I do in that situation is we, we try to use as many different ways to measure as possible so that during those weeks when the scale doesn't want to play along and it's just a machine, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't have a vendetta against you as many people would think. It's not a, it's not a human being, all right? It's just a machine. So we use circumference measurements. We use photos, right? We take, but we take uh, before photos. That's a that's a condition of working with me. Is you have to take a before photo, um, and you know how people's clothes are fitting. Like these are all ways to measure, other than the scale. And what we have to be able to do is we have to fall back on those things when the scale isn't playing along. And as long as we stay consistent, it's only a matter of a week, maybe two weeks before we start to kind of see it drop. What we don't want to do is throw our hands up in the air when that doesn't when it doesn't go our way and start backsliding on our diet. More often than not, when people's diets fail like that, that's what happened, right? They hit that one week of plateau, maybe even two weeks of plateau. They weren't sure what to do or why it was going on and they give up, all right? So make sure that we have enough ways to measure what's going on so that we can fall back on that stuff when and if the scale kind of starts to slow down a little bit. So the other thing that you want to think about if and when we hit a plateau is, am I following my diet, right? I think that's, the, that's another thing that I, you know, I really ask people is, you know, out of seven days, how many days are you nailing what you're supposed to? And specifically, I'm talking about calories and macronutrients. Like how many days out of seven are you doing that? Or are you crushing it Monday through Friday and then screwing it up Saturday and Sunday, which is a very, very common thing that happens. So you're gonna have to be real with yourself. You're gonna have to take a second and take a look like, all right, am I weighing and measuring my food? Am I absolutely positive that I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to if and when the scale stops? If you can answer that question, yes. If you can say, I am I'm crushing this, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, then you, then you should not be worried about the scale, all right? The same diet, the same calorie count, the same activity that had you lose weight for the last two weeks or three weeks in a row will not have you gain weight on the third or fourth week. 
It just doesn't happen like that, right? So we've got to use logic. We've got to fall back on some of these things. You know, when I say these out loud to people, I kind of start to see light bulbs go off. It's like, well, that makes sense. How can the exact same calories make you gain weight one week and lose weight for the two or three prior to that? It doesn't make any sense. So sometimes you just got to hold tight. The scale, again, is just a machine, all right? You ju it's just giving you data. You just got to keep going. So to sum up kind of the, the nutrition side of things, expectations need to be set up so that when we get to that point, so if we don't set up of like 1%, if you lose a pound, one, you know, you're in the mindset of like, oh, I wish it was two. Or if it was two, I wish it was three. And that will go on forever. And that's just extra chatter in your brain that you don't need during something that's already pretty difficult. You need to have specific goals, specific things that you're trying to do so that you know right away, I'm on track, I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. So let's let's move over to training a little bit when it comes to realistic expectations. Uh, this one is a little bit different, but this, the, the same is true. And I think knowing what to expect from your training uh, can help and go a long way because a lot of times um, for example, at the gym right now, we're going through, we're finishing up a, a strength phase at the gym where the goal of the last 10 weeks was to get stronger. But that is a pretty vague term, get stronger. What does that mean? Well, what we've done is we've kind of laid out expectations for people where, uh, depending on where you are and how long you've been training, you know exactly what you're supposed to do every session, every lift, uh, every set that you're doing. And when you lay out these expectations, um, fortunately, uh, training is a little bit more predictable sometimes than fat loss can be. Because for a lot of people, it's really just a matter of adding small amounts of weight to the bar every single week. And being told that like, okay, for your upper body exercises, and, and I'm specifically talking about barbell exercises, this, this doesn't hold as well with, with dumbbells. And there's a little bit different ways that we do this, but for barbell exercises, and we'll just call it bench press. You know, if we tell them that every week we're going to add two to five pounds to that bar and we're going to keep pushing, even if you're just meeting those same reps that you did. So you did a set of eight on Monday uh, on week one, and then you do a set of eight on week two, but you added two to five pounds. That's obviously progress. It's very easy to see. And you can, you can just kind of keep on doing that until one day you're not going to make progress anymore. You're going to get to the point where we can't meet those eight reps that we've been doing. And then it's time to take a deload and we kind of reset the whole thing. And I won't get into all the details on that. That's, that's another podcast. Um, but realistically, being able to add two to five pounds for your upper body, maybe five to ten for your lower body makes a lot of sense. Now we want to talk about, well, how do we know we're getting stronger? How do we know uh, that we're building muscle? Well, getting stronger is pretty simple. You're, you're noticing that you're putting more weight on the bar. And I would, I would go a step further and say that if you're, if you're focused on strength, you should probably be training in, in a lower rep range, um, probably more like three to six reps than the, than the higher rep ranges. But if you're consistently adding weight to the bar in those rep ranges and you're challenging yourself, you know, there's, there's a few caveats that, that, uh, you know, having a coach kind of helps and helps you figure out, but you know, you're training, reasonably close to failure, you know, two to three reps shy of failure, you're consistently putting weights on the bar, there's a really good sign that you're getting stronger. Um, there's no need to, to necessarily test it out. I know um, not, not most of the time with women, but most a lot of guys 
uh, are kind of obsessed with testing and one rep maxes. And, and to be honest, unless you're going to be competing in something, your one rep max really doesn't mean a whole lot, right? Now, at our gym, we do have a, a PR board and there's some there's some numbers where we give people something to shoot for to get on the board. Um, you know, that, that means something. So in those instances, if somebody has a shot at getting their name on the board, you know, and we've spent, you know, an entire phase for us was about 10 weeks of strength. Yeah, you know, take a shot at that, get your name on the board. That's that's a pretty cool reward for the end of it. But for the average person, who cares? Who really cares? And the only thing that a one rep max is gonna bring about is kind of a higher risk of injury and nobody needs that. So what you're really looking at is rep maxes. So being able to do heavier weights for sets of three to six now than you could a month ago or two months ago or even last year. It's a really good way to see if you're making progress with your strength. Uh, but what about muscle, right? What about muscle? How do we know if we're building muscle? Well, the hard part about that is it's also contingent upon you being in a calorie surplus, right, for most people. When you're a newbie, you can kind of get away with eating maybe maintenance calories and, and getting kind of a uh, kind of some some newbie gains as we call it, but for you know, let's talk about when we really get to the point where we're trying to put on some muscle. We want to be in a calorie surplus, right? That's part of it. Let's not we're not going to delve into that in this podcast. But you want to be eating more calories than you're burning, and you also want to make sure that you are increasing your training volumes, right? The amount of work that you're doing, either by more reps or more weight or more sets and that that increases over time. So in the same way that we talked about strength in that three to six range, the only difference with building muscle would be that we probably would want those rep, those rep ranges to be a little higher, maybe in the six to 20 rep range. And if you're doing, you know, you were doing bench presses for sets of 10, uh, you know, I did three sets of 10 at 100 pounds at the beginning of this. I just got to the end of this, you know, this phase of training and I'm doing three sets of 10 with 140 pounds, There's a, that's really, really good evidence that you were able to add some muscle to the muscles involved in that specific lift, right? And that should be across the board, whether it's squats or deadlifts or, or uh, presses or whatever. If you follow that same uh, kind of logic of, I was doing three sets of 10 with X weight, I'm at the end of it, I'm doing three sets of 10 or four sets of 10 with more weight, those are really good signs that you were able to build some muscle during the phase that you were in. So to sum up, you should really start to focus on the process of what's going on. Um, don't let silly things like the scale ruin a diet that is actually working. And I see that happen. I mean, I would say one of the things that I do with my online clients more than anything is to convince them that they are making progress, that they just need to hold on, they just need to give it another week, um, and I keep people from giving up when they otherwise would have so that the next week comes, they see the progress and they continue on along the path, right? So one of the issues is when you're, when you're doing this and you're going at it alone, it's a bit like going on, a, you know, trying to take a trip somewhere that you've never been before and giving up on the trip because you don't recognize the scenery on the way there, right? Well, it's like, well, you've never been. Why do, how do you know what the scenery should look like? You have no idea. And it's the same thing when you're when you're going at a diet on your own and you've never actually had a successful diet, you've never actually gotten where you want to be, and you give up because things don't look right or things don't feel right. Well, how the hell do you know what they're supposed to look like or feel like, right? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe every time that you're giving up, you were just on the brink of getting where you wanted to be, but you gave up 
based on nothing, based on, you know, based on an opinion that you have that's kind of flawed, seeing as how you've never been there before, you've never done it successfully. So if I could, if I could give you one piece of advice, um, it would be to push through, don't give up. Um, you know, if you need help getting started with something like your calories or, your, you know, not all this stuff is super easy. It really isn't. Um, that's kind of why I have a job doing what I do. Uh, but if you wanted to reach out to us, you can find us at uh, Train Insane Gym on Instagram, on Facebook. Obviously, my name is Jeff Atherson. Uh, you can you can shoot us a message on any of those platforms. Uh, myself and my coaching staff would be happy to help out if you're looking for uh, a way to get started. So uh, thank you all for listening, uh, and I will have more for you very soon. Take care.